you just smell it. You can smell olives and green pepper, and it gives you an idea of, of how crazy agricole rum can get. There are all of these living, vegetal, verdant qualities. It just smells like cross-cut sugar cane. It conjures the Caribbean. Any bottle of rum you take off a shelf, you have to think about the Caribbean, about the African diaspora, the indigenous culture, the merchant cultures, the colonizing European country, sugar plantations controlled by the French. It's crazy how interesting spirits are. It touches literature, trade routes, and subjugation, and agriculture, and it's endless. I mean, I could talk a long time about pretty much any bottle in the bar. My name is Thad Vogler. I own a bar in San Francisco called Bar Agricole, and a second bar in the old Pac Bell building called True Normand. Liquor, as people have been drinking it for the last 50 years, has no sense of place. It's definitely one of the chief things we're trying to find with each of the bottles we select. Going to the place where it's made and talking to the people who make it. These guys, the Camus family, we stopped for the night there. They invited us into their home. They're Normans, northern French, two brothers in the wild north, descendants of Vikings, wild dogs everywhere. They're always smoking, going outside, coming back with a weird medicine bottle. And it was a you know, hundred-year-old Calvados apple brandy. These farms share traveling stills. They're not competitive. The French idea that the brandy should just be a simple expression of the area. And then you look at a bottle of Seagram 7 or Jack Daniels or you know, even a bottle of Campari, and you go to the places where these things are made, their factories. They buy grain on the open market that comes from all over, and the whiskey is then sold everywhere in the world. In terms of perceiving alcohol as agriculture, I started to think about how do I make bars like kitchens? Where was the base material grown, fermented, and then distilled? Just the visibility of the supply chain. That very simple goal just removes so much from the American bar. Bars for decades were just this kind of weird appendage. You wait in the bar, and then you go and sit down, and there'd be great diversity in the restaurant experience. But the bar would be the same suite of products served in the same way. I'll have a Jameson and Diet, Jack and Coke. People would order by brand not knowing what is vodka, what's it made from, where was it made, how is it made. Tequila is probably the most popular spirit made with an eye toward trapping and celebrating the base material from which they're made. It's one of the few where you're really forced to experience the agricultural beginnings of it. Agave, vegetal, it's green, it's, it's roasted, there's caramelized sugar, there's green flavors of the piña, tastes very agricultural. It's such a transporting thing, taste. You make a cocktail from a book that's 150 years old as a kind of time travel. Recreating old recipes becomes a sort of uh, obsession or passion for a lot of us. What was it like to drink in the 19th century? What's always kept me interested is, is all of the stories around 
liquor. There's just so many stories and so many histories. I mean, in San Francisco, I mean, the Barbary Coast, just legendary, huge halls and saloons, and, and, and people would come together and tell stories, spend time together, and drink really interesting things that come from all over the world. It's such a unique human experience. Tequila, I love what you do.